Welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is Purely OCD. Kelly and I are OCD specialists who happen to also be in recovery from OCD ourselves. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one topic at a time. You may notice we try to bring a little levity and humor to our discussion around this deeply painful disorder, as this has been a very powerful tool for our own recovery as well as our clients. We tend to cover obsessions, compulsions, and exposures. There's also a Q&A at the end. If you would like, you can join us in the future. We meet on Mondays at 12.30 Pacific time on Instagram Live. And if you do find this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD. Quick reminder, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. Welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen. This is Kelly Frankie. We're Purely OCD coming at you live. Welcome. Welcome. I was just telling everybody that I preemptively called this part one because I really do think that it's likely to need multiple episodes. So, yeah, but because it's such a big topic. It is. And we're coming off the heels of the local conference, OCD SoCal, and we talked about this. We sure did. I know you and I hadn't talked about it before this live, but I, I pulled up some of the definitions of mental compulsions from <laughs> You know how to get me going. Um, no, great. That's awesome. Maybe we should we start there just by, you know, telling, should we start with a general definition of mental compulsions first? Sure. Okay. Should I, you want to have a stab at it or shall I? Um, you go. Take the floor, lady. All right. All you. Um, so yeah. mental compulsions. Compulsions generally are behaviors, as probably most of you know at this point, but just in case, behaviors that are done to eliminate anxiety and doubt and discomfort that come up in the face of obsessions. And these behaviors can be a lot of different things. They can be visible, they can be avoidant, they can be reassurance seeking. They can also be mental behaviors, which the first time I heard that there was such a thing, I was like, what do you you mean? (laughs) Mental behavior. Uh, But that's thoughts, that's different, but it's not. It's not different, and that's super important because we have agency when it comes to behaviors, even though we don't when it comes to which thoughts show up in our minds. Yeah, it's it's all the same whether you see it or not because they both are serving the purpose, which is to get rid of that uncomfortable feeling. Mm -hmm. So they're also the trickiest because you can't see them. And the average person does engage in rumination, right? Mm-hmm. Like worrying about, um, is my car going to run out of gas because I'm on five miles? Right. <laughs> Which or... guilty. <laughs> well, we've all been there. Um, or what if I get fired from my job because right. my boss doesn't like me? Right. Right. Yeah. So, so there's all sorts of ways that this could manifest that have yep. n- nothing to do with OCD. And in fact, we see rumination a lot 
in depression too. Hmm. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Like, am I, is it ever going to get better? Am I, I'm not good enough. Um, what are all the things I did wrong? Or is this a reflection of me? And yeah. Yep. So, um, do we want to go? Yes. I was just going to say, but when it comes to OCD, like we were taught, like what I was saying is that, that it's all done to try to like figure things out. Um, so that's, that's really what the, the aim is as with any compulsion is to like, let's try to solve this. And this is where I think maybe we could talk about some of the different subtypes that, that we discussed at this weekend's conference that you had pulled up. Yes. Okay. So we have mental avoidance or thought suppression, mm. which I think we've all tried to do at some point. This is the don't think of the white elephant. Mm-hmm. The don't think about kicking the dog. Damn it. Yeah. Unfortunately, you all just thought about it. So it's so tricky. It, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't work because in order to not think about it, you actually have to think about it. Yep. Don't think about things. No, no right. I just thought about it. It happened. Too late. It happened. It happened. Um, mm. One of the th- questions that came up a lot, uh, like I think two different times and that we talked about during the presentation this weekend was the question of what the difference is between thought suppression and uh, and stopping ruminating, basically, which I think is such an important um, you know, distinction to make. We can talk about that a little bit more later though, because I know that's a lengthy list you've got in, in front of you. Oh no, I made someone's dog cry. Oops. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you did that with your brain, Kelly. I did that. See? Wow. Because if I thought it, it made it happen. Um, yeah, that's what generally happens, except for not at all. Don't yeah. look, please hear our sarcasm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's a good point. Let's just touch on it so we, in case we forget, but thought suppression versus thought, um, versus like not n- engaging with the thought, right? So we don't want to stop the thought, but we also want to acknowledge its existence. Like, oh, hello, thought, there you are. And I'm going to keep talking to Lauren and listening to her voice and reading, um, yes, <laughs> and reading the chats, right? So that's what, that's the goal. We don't want to say don't think about it, but like it's here, just like the sound of the white noise machine, which I'm sure you've all heard me talk about a million times because I despise that thing, <laughs> but I'm making room for it. Um, yeah, you are like a boss. Right. So, well, and it was really funny. Can I, can I bring up the example of what happened this weekend during our presentation uh, yes. on, Good it was one. so brilliant actually. So yeah. we're doing this presentation on mental, me, the mental compulsion specifically. And we were talking about uh, mental compulsions versus obsessions and how to tell the difference and how to navigate them differently. And this, this sound of a doorbell kept yeah happening and I guess it's something that happens with zoom when people are entering the room so yep. like we're we're talking we're talking and all of a sudden it's like ding dong ding dong a couple seconds it literally later. Was ding dong the whole time <laughs> the whole time and so you know it was this really interesting um 
sort of discussion point that we all brought up and we're like, okay, well, we're going to accept the presence of this doorbell, but we're also not going to like wish the doorbell wasn't there the whole time or like push it away or spend the whole talk talking about the freaking doorbell. We, we acknowledged it. We started to laugh at it actually because it was, it was humorous, but um, but that's, that's the thing, right? It's, it's noticing the thought without it and letting it be there without engaging with it, like acknowledging the doorbell and letting it be there without engaging with it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. It was interesting. I noticed I meant to say to you early, like after, but when the doorbell died down, I started to kind of forget about it. And then it started happening again. And I was like thrown off again, but I was faster to get unhooked from it versus yeah. like the initial, I was in the chat box, like someone help us stop. <laughs> stop the doorbell. Stop madness. the doorbell. But that's such a good metaphor. Like, yep. Maybe you could sort of pull that apart for anyone who's listening in terms of Right. So when you're just going about your life and you're having a good day, let's say a good OCD day. So you have, you're not getting a ton of intrusive thoughts lately. You're like, well, this is going, this is going pretty well. And then bam, just T-boned. Boom. You you get thrown off uh, harder. And so that's my, the metaphor is that I felt like the doorbell, I was doing okay because I was getting a lot of them and I was like, ah, it's just here and it's not going anywhere. But the moment you are not suspecting it, it hits you harder. Yep, which is where a relapse really comes into like yeah. People think, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm relapsing yep. because the thought came up and I immediately responded that way. But of course you did because you're not necessarily in the practice of it. Like you were saying, you know, yeah, you weren't expecting it, but you have this history and Mm -hmm. you can draw upon that and you will likely be quicker to pivot, to turn back toward, ah, right. The doorbell. (laughs) Yeah, it is. So what if this is really disturbing intrusive thought? Sarah asks, same practice. Yes. Yep. Of All course. Of them. All, this applies across the board. So mm-hmm. thought neutralizing Ooh, good one. is when we replace the bad thought with the good thought. Yep. Right? So when you have a really disturbing thought like she's talking about, mm-hmm. we might then respond to that by thinking, something really pleasant. I'm, I'm thinking of the song that I, I sang at the end of last year with the, the favorite things, um, but raindrops oh. on roses. And really, that's very much right, like, right, I'm right. going to, I'm going to push away this bad thought. And I'm just yeah. going to think about these good things that, you know, yes, yeah. it's true. It's true. Uh, counting doesn't just happen out loud. Turns out people count inside of their head all the time. Um, it could just even be like this ritualized behavior where it's maybe it's just not even counting. It's just, you're so used to washing our hands three times this way and three times the other way. Yep. Right. It's just the counting steps, counting everything. Yeah. And a lot of the time this is 
tied to the idea that there are good and bad numbers. So some people will like even numbers, some will like odd numbers, some will have numbers that they're like, that's a, that I can't. So even asking them, okay, you can do your, your, ex, or your uh, compulsion one time, or you can do it three times, even though three times is more. So you might think, oh, that's actually like right. an easier step. They might say, well, no, I won't do it three times because three is a bad number. So, mm -hmm. you know, the counting itself is part of this, often part of this idea that we got to get to the right number. Just right. Got to get that click. Yeah. Um, tracing and tracking. That's the wet paint. Yeah, you, I love your explanation of this. Yeah, so you're dropping the, uh, let's say this little AirPod thing, you, you drop it in a bucket of wet paint, as and the do. person, what? As you do. Right. <laughs> and just boop, done. done. And the person with OCD can see all the places it's touched in the house because they're very aware they've spent a lot of over-attention and and overvaluing of this object so it's seeing all the p places and points of contact and trying to totally avoid it completely yeah yep one thing to that end did you ever watch the show arrested development i think i watched watched maybe like a couple okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna share a little anecdote for anyone mm -hmm. who's an arrested development fan because there's a character on there that is, I mean, he's the most ridiculous character ever. His name is Tobias Funke. Oh, yes. Yeah. And he actually is, he the calls himself an analropist, which is, uh, when you look at it written, it reads as anal rapist. <laughs> right. It's supposed to be like an, an analysis, anal analyst, hello, analyst and therapist together. Well, wow. he, he decides that he's going, he really wants to join the blue man group. Oh, oh my <laughs> gosh. No, I have seen this yeah. it was years ago though. Yeah. So he, he covers himself in blue paint and like walks around. And so people can tell where he's been because there are little <laughs> splashes of blue yeah. everywhere. And that yeah. is like, to your point, when people are tracing, that's the experience. That's, well, I've gotten that now on that thing as much as if it were the blue paint that Tobias just like smacked on there with his blue hand. Yeah, this can come up with emotional contamination as well, just mm -hmm. so everyone knows. And um, it, it can look like someone who's emotionally contaminated, like that they say are triggered by their cousin who has a personality trait that they don't want to get because yep. personalities are contagious. Everybody knows Definitely. that. Everybody knows that. So they <clears throat> will avoid any places they've touched. Um, this can even come up with like the fear of uh, becoming depressed again or anxious, getting more intrusive thoughts, right? It's like mm. these locations that person felt or experienced high intensity of anxiety is just avoiding that those places and locations. all that paint all over it you could see it you don't want to yep. get anywhere Dirty. near that nope yeah except for we want them to yeah we want to relearn 
new experiences uh, in those locations. Mental review. Uh, let me think back into the, the span of my life and see if I did anything offensive or let mm -hmm. me review a moment to see if I, if somebody was offended. I don't know why being offended is, is the thing that's coming up right now, but this actually comes up a lot in social anxiety too, since we were oh, nodding yeah. to the fact that people who don't have OCD, who have other anxiety disorders, depression, and people who have no disorders ruminate. Um, so yeah, uh, I think mental review comes up in a lot in that context. Let me like go over what I said in that situation, what I did in that situation. Um, and then, yeah, but it could be with anything. Let me go back and review the false memory. Let me review that. Does it feel like it's a memory? And that's where we get into like a nice overlap with mental types of mental compulsions that that would be mental review slash emotional checking. Right? Yeah. I'm actually putting it in the notes because we're going to do a presentation <laughs> in a couple of months on this. Okay. We could get a, a Venn diagram going for this too. True. Um, and that's the thing. Can I, yeah. can I throw something in there Please that we do. both mentioned um, it, it, during the conference is that the, the categorization, we're going through these because it's really helpful, like when we go through different subtypes to explain how, how we can get stuck, where we can get stuck. It helps people to feel less alone in their experience too. However, you don't need to memorize all of these. You don't need to make sure that you know exactly what type of mental compulsion you're doing any more than you need to know what type of OCD you have. And there is so much overlap that you could be doing several of these at any yeah. given time. Or even at the same time. And I, mm -hmm. I would say that the, I feel the same about distorted thinking, right? Like it's mm -hmm. really hard to say that something isn't catastrophizing and all or nothing, right? Like it's, it, they yeah. can have kind of, bits and flavors of a bunch or they compound into yeah. one another. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I know that we don't want to go too yeah. deep into this stuff, but yeah, emotional well, checking. Did we talk about maybe? Well, cause we, we actually just started talking about emotional checking in the context of mental review, right. but maybe, yeah. Yeah. Maybe looking at it, any any other things um, that you have to I love how you call it uh, emotional che temperature checking because that's exactly what it is yeah what's the weather inside today like <laughs> huh hmm. oh, it's gonna be a shitty day when, when we get the umbrella Siri I like <laughs> it's a sunny day what's the temperature currently inside my body yeah. Uh, currently, you're very anxious, and uh, you're having lots of thoughts of murdering people. Oh, yeah, I'm feeling mur like murdery McMurderson. Mm, McMurderson. Like a McMurder. Yeah. Um, yes, and somebody just said that they do a, a mental checking as soon as they wake up, and this is kind of, I think, what, one of the things that happens with emotional checking um, is that you want to make sure that you're feeling better, and then when you're not 
you get disappointed and then you start to resist the feelings and resisting feelings really doesn't work. Really doesn't yeah. work. <sighs> doesn't feel good though, guys. No, I'm, no. Um, I'm going to just grab a few randoms that I think might, how about rumination? Well, can I, can I throw yeah, out a yeah. suggestion after yeah. we could do rumination, but maybe after that we save for part two for, cause I know we have questions and maybe we can talk about, um, some of the other elements of, well, this uh, would be part two, right? Cause this mental review was last, wasn't mental compulsions last week. Mm -mm. What did we do last week? We did substance contamination. Oh, good Lord. Have mercy. <laughs> I know brains. It's yeah. So anyway, I'm just thinking maybe this would be a good delineating point, but yes. Agreed. Can I, can I talk about rumination anyway? Cause I yeah. love talking about where it comes from. It's just my favorite. <laughs> so gross. Yeah, it is gross. I hate it. Well on both. Yeah. On both levels. So basically the word rumination refers to a behavior done by a class of animals called ruminants and what they like to do cows by the way are one of these animals they chew on their food so you're chewing on your grass if you're a cow and then you swallow it and then you decide you know what i wasn't quite done chewing that let me regurgitate that mm -hmm. and chew it some more and so if they do they throw it up yeah yeah they also have multiple stomachs guys so it, yeah even though somebody with OCD and anxiety we, feels like we have multiple brains to process. <laughs> it just, that is the experience, right? The, yeah. yeah. But so essentially I bring that up because it is exactly what we're doing when we're ruminating in our minds. We are going over and over the same information again and again. And the second that we put it to rest, which anyone here who has engaged in rumination could probably attest to this, that you're like, okay, now I've got it. It's fine. I'm good. Mm -hmm. Got it. I'm, I'm uh, cleaning my hands of this. But then a couple of minutes later, it's like, you know, what about this? <sighs> have, you thought, have you thought about it this way? <laughs> but wait, it still could be messed up. So don't forget about that. And then you're back and then you're back to the races and then you throw up your food and you start chewing on it again. And of course people, there actually is something called rumination disorder, which is about food and, and people do this too. I don't mean to make light of that and it's an issue, yeah. but, um, but yeah, it's really an issue to do that mentally because you never, you never digest quote unquote, digest your mental food and mm -hmm. you, therefore can never move on with your life. Yeah. Gross. But, but is there, there is an anecdote. <laughs> an antidote? Antidote, thank you. <laughs> wow. Hey. Let me have some more coffee. Do it. Do it. Uh, there is an antidote. There is a solution. Tell Tell us about the solution, Kelly Frankie. Well, it would be called mindfulness. Mm. Mental ninja. Mental ninja. Yep. I'm sure that 90% of the people watching this or listening to this later on despise that I just said that. But. But it's true. Because it's true, though. It's true. 
And if anyone was ever against it so, so much, it was me. Um, and turns out though, that it's so important because if we're not aware of what's going on internally, how could we ever be at any place able to jump in and stop and intervene? We wouldn't, it's just, nope. it's a necessary thing. It has to happen. We have to be aware that we're having thoughts and this process of thinking, this active thinking, so we can go chewing my thoughts again, re-chewing. <laughs> That's it. Mm -hmm. And you do, you have to be a mental ninja to be able to see that you, that you had a thought, that you're chewing, yeah. that you're having a feeling, that you're trying to get rid of your feelings. And, but obviously in this context, right? Like yes. We're really talking about the thoughts and the thinking. And that's, I think the main difference between thought suppression and disengaging from thinking too, is that one is thoughts, which are passive. And one is thinking, which is active. Yep. I love that. Yeah. So mental so. ninja status. Tell me, so how, Kelly, how do I become a mental ninja? I, I can also, <laughs> but I'm not trying to put this all on you, but I want to hear your thoughts on well should we say stay tuned till next time <laughs> no i'm just kidding it's a cliffhanger <laughs> yeah no well i think we can expand more on it i know uh i do, i like to keep our things in the 30 minute range but um okay. well do we want to maybe leave people with yeah, one course. thought yeah <laughs> do we want to uh, maybe try yeah, to answer no. one other question too or no do we have to go um, that's we haven't really answered any questions. I'm just aware of that. Okay. It's up to you. Um, nope. to you. um, why, why don't we do this instead of we'll, we will leave it as a cliffhanger so that we can look at the questions real quick and answer yeah. one. Um, and then, and then please, if you have more questions, uh, Kelly will have on her story next week, a, a question box or you can even email us if you like at purelyocd at gmail.com and we will happily try to answer some of your questions but let's see let's see so yeah somebody asked about allowing the thoughts versus rumination which i think is what we've already talking about been talking about right and see, I've been trying so somebody said I'm I, I wanted to make sure to just review a couple of them but what if and this I want to choose this one because it talks about thoughts and feelings, but um, the it, it's a little bit difficult to understand too. So I think maybe we parse this part and talk about how we think it would be helpful to conceptualize this for people. What if thoughts on loops? So what if thoughts are on loops? Try just allowing them and the emotions that they keep on. So the first thing that I want to say to this, and then I'll sort of let Kelly um, 
make some comments too is that thoughts and feelings always keep coming until the end of your life, which is not a bad thing. It doesn't mean that they're always going to be there 100% of the time if you're allowing them. They'll tend to come and go. They'll come in and out of your consciousness. But it's actually a good sign. In fact, that's something that you say a lot. It's like, oh, good yeah. news. You have a functioning brain or you have a functioning yeah. Your brain system. is online. <laughs> Congratulations. Yes. Um, so, so I can, well, I can appreciate that. And this is where mindfulness comes into play. We tend to judge that we don't want this experience and approaching it from this non-judgmental acceptance perspective allows for us to be less disturbed when they arise and to just allow. Yep. Yeah. Any, any thoughts from you on this? Well, I think, you know, I think we need to just really acknowledge the fact that the loop that the intrusive thought loop, it just keeps coming, keeps coming. It's just so relentless. It doesn't take breaks. And when next week, when we talk further about how to meet our thoughts when they're doing that in a helpful manner, that we are able to recognize that that that's just a painful experience and that anybody in the whole world who is getting these thoughts on loop would want them to be gone. And remember, these are very distressing thoughts. They're not just like a passing thought, like, oh, I have to go pee. It's not that. It's like your worst experience ever. So just acknowledging that it's there, having oodles of self-compassion that's really important and to say like this is really difficult and when we use this mindfulness trick again like <laughs> call it a trick it's not a trick intervention that it's going to be double down hard in comparison to even doing mental compulsions initially because you're working against it yeah. I don't know if that probably doesn't make sense in this context yet, but I think, I think it does though, just generally, if we even take it out of the context of acceptance that when, when you are learning to flex the muscle of dropping the rumination and feeling those feelings, it's, first of all, it's not intuitive for anybody. And to your point, like, I love what you said about the fact that like anyone would resist these thoughts. But yeah, I think it, it does, it makes sense that it would be difficult to learn not to resist them, not only because culturally nobody talks about that, right? Like no. nobody teaches you how to do that. No. Um, and also because it, it is, it's tolerating discomfort is, it's hard. Yeah. It's just ultimately a lot less hard than, than losing your life to mental compulsions. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, friend. Yeah, we'll talk thank more you. about this next time. And 
Um, I hope everyone has a lovely week. Yes. All right. I read better. Yes. Goodbye. Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you'd like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD.